cash-based practice owners interview series where I, Dr. Morgan Mies, PT, am interviewing different clinicians across the country who practice in a variety of ways, but all outside of being in network with insurance. The world of entrepreneurship and business for healthcare professionals is full of knowledge, creativity, and amazing people just like you who wanted something different. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganbeast.com. I would love to speak with you. So please join me as I interview our guest today. Today's guest is Jennifer Sowers. Jennifer's physical therapy practice is called Onsite Movement, and she primarily treats rock climbers and outdoor athletes. She has a hybrid of a brick-and-mortar business as well as telehealth. Common diagnoses she treats are elbow and shoulder tendinopathy, as well as finger flexor and pulley injuries. Welcome everybody and welcome to you, Miss Jennifer. Thanks for being here. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So we are going to get into things with Dr. Jennifer Sowers um, today, who works in a very special niche. So if you don't mind telling us, Jen, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and what you're doing now. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. Um, My name is Jennifer, and I am a physical therapist. Um, I graduated from the University of Maryland, and I think most like probably most of us um, that have graduated PT school, I started working in a typical kind of outpatient orthopedic setting. And I think everyone could kind of um, commiserate with the fact that it it probably has left more to be desired for most of us. um, Because, you know, I was seeing like a high volume of patients and all of that stuff that we all know, I'm sure. So um, I've always wanted to practice physical therapy in the way that I felt made sense. I've always been an athlete. I played field hockey in college, which a lot of people don't know. So um, it's a fun fact, but um, I've always been an athlete and um, I found rock climbing when I was in PT school. So I haven't been doing it like my entire life or anything, but um, it was like immediately that thing after college that I kind of fell in love with after my sport ended. Um, so I have been sort of in the rock climbing community for the past, um, six years or so. So, um, when I went to open my practice, it made sense for me to kind of hone in on the rock climbing niche. Um, I was super interested in it. I didn't feel like a lot of people were really in that niche, um, as far as physical therapy goes. So, so yeah, I started my practice a little over a year ago now, so last June, and um, I had moved to Las Vegas the year before. So I only um, lived in Las Vegas for a year before opening my practice, and I actually moved across town. So I used to live in Summerlin, um, and then when I opened my practice, I also moved to Henderson, so um, sort of on the other side of town, and People don't really go between the two a lot. Like if you live in Summerlin, you kind of stay over there. Um, so I had moved to the other side of town when I opened last year. Um, and I've been open, like I said, for about a little over a year. 
and I work inside of a rock climbing gym. Cool. Awesome. Yay. And I, you know, I love how you shared that, you know, you wanted to start your own practice because you wanted to be able to treat in a way that was true to you. Um, you know, and I think, you know, you and I have gotten to know a handful of other therapists in this geographical area who feel the same about our outpatient clinics. Um, and that's why a lot of us are moving into this. Um, how did you feel when you were starting your practice? Like, were you nervous about it at all? Um, I wouldn't say nervous. I think I was just so frustrated <laughs> at how, um, like, physical therapy is, um, I don't want to say designed or um, just, like, how the corporate physical therapy world is is run, um, that I, I felt so passionately that I would not really take part in that um, because I just don't think that it's the way that people deserve to be treated and that what makes sense for people and for people to truly get what they are, you know, paying for or, or asking for. Um, I just know like in my heart that it just usually, and I want to say not 100% of the time, of course, there's like exceptions, but um, like I felt so strongly that I didn't want to put myself in that kind of scenario that I think whatever nervousness I would have felt um, was just trumped by my like desire to like do something the right way. So um, I wouldn't say it was like nervous necessarily, but um, I definitely like didn't have any formal business experience. Um, so I kind of know that I'm just kind of like a like, I'll figure it out as I go type of person. Like, we're very similar. <laughs> and um, I just, like, went for it. I was like, I don't need to take a bunch of training. Like, I will figure this out. Like, uh, as as things come up, I will figure them out on the go like that. So I just kind of got started, honestly. Yay. That's awesome. And, like, that's what, I mean, that's what I did kind of too. And that's what I tell people to do is just just get started because you could sit here, you know, and worry about a million things that could happen and how you might deal with them. But like, you don't even know if they're going to happen. So why, you know, like pre-plan for this list of like 10 things that could go wrong. You know? yeah, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And like the, the biggest thing is, you know, with, with us treating the way that we do and the people that we work with is they just want to be taken care of, you know, that's really all it is. So there's nothing super fancy that goes into that. Um, but I know like since I've known you, you know, you've been treating out of the, the climbing gym and you've also done a little bit of telehealth. So tell us a little bit more about like the services that you offer and kind of what like the typical like plan of care might look like. Yeah. So um, I primarily treat now, um, I'm primarily treating like brick and mortar style. Um, I have like a clinic inside of the gym that I'm in. So I'm doing most of my work, I would say probably like 90% or more is in person. Um, but during, you know, the pandemic, when it first started, I was doing much more um, telehealth because the climbing gym was closed, as you know, most things were so I was doing more telehealth then. Um, and when I started out, initially, I was doing a mix of mobile therapy and telehealth before I kind of got um, myself into 
the rock climbing gym. So I've kind of done a little bit of everything. Um, so now since I'm primarily in person, um, like my plan of care is usually just 100% in person, or if someone, um, you know, is out of like this immediate area, I will do them on telehealth, but yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then you kind of just like you evaluate somebody and like decide on their sessions kind of based on what they have going on. Right. And you do packages too. Yeah. So I will do a single, I have a single session. So that's just good for, um, you know, anyone that just wants like a one-time session. A lot of people are just like, that's what they're looking for. Um, if they just want to come once, just make sure they're on the right track or if they're already very familiar, um, especially with climbers, like if they're already very familiar with, um, like their training or just like general strength training principles, um, then they most likely might benefit just from like a one-time session. And then I have two other, um, offerings, which are package based. So if someone, um, comes in and I'm like, you know, like you definitely would benefit from a session, but just one of those people that they know in their heart too, that they just like fall off the wagon very easily, <laughs> which I think is most people kind of fall into that category. So I kind of say, you know, like if you feel like this is you and you need more accountability, um, and you feel like when you walk out of here, um, you might really, you know, we'll try to our best to um, make sure that you understand um, what we're doing in this session. But, um, you know, you're going to wake up tomorrow. And are you going to feel like you just want more accountability? So that's kind mm -hmm. of that second category, which I feel like most people fall in. Um, so I'll do a four pack session for those people that just need like a little bit more and they need some um, more time to, you know, to make sure things are working, to progress them, to, mm -hmm. to work through different progressions um, with someone. So I'll kind of say that might be best for those people. And then I have a third offering, which is an eight pack session. So for people that might need a little bit more like regular hands-on work, um, or if they're very unfamiliar with strength training or like exercise in general, like I have a lot of people that come in that say, I really love climbing. They kind of like discovered rock climbing. Um, it's super exciting, um, but they've never done like any type of exercise ever before. So mm. someone like that might benefit from just like a little bit more regular kind of like exercise principle um, instruction. So I try to word it like that. That way I'm not, um, and I, I really do want to make sure that the right people get the right offering. Um, and then people can kind of figure out for themselves kind of what category they fall into. So it feels like a very natural, like this will work better for you because of what you've just said to me, or mm -hmm. you know, I don't think you need that many. So, you know, I think a one time would be best. So try to make it like that. And it seems like it's, it's a lot easier to sell that way. And it just feels more natural. Like you're not trying to um, scam anyone, you know, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people here are like kind of worried about is like, oh, I've never sold anything before. It's going to be so weird. But, you know, like if you do have kind of like like your core offers, like the typical ways that you work with people and, you know, you have that discussion with your patients and like you just said, you know, like based on what we just talked about, you know, I, I have a few different ways I work with people, but I think, you know, like option number one would work best for you. And here's why, yeah. uh, you know, people typically respond really well to that. 
Yeah. And sometimes I won't even tell them, well, usually I don't tell them um, like the costs. I just ask them, like, are you looking for more than one session or are you looking for just like a one in, you know, one time, but just note if we do one time that, you know, you're not going to have much accountability with that. So you're just kind of like asking people what they are looking for. I think people kind of forget to do that sometimes and they just want to tell them everything that they have. And um, I think it's nice to kind of just like ask people permission and like ask them mm -hmm. what are they, what are they thinking and what are they looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think like we, I don't know if it's just an outpatient thing or maybe it's just like a me thing or whatever but i think when we're in a traditional setting like a regular outpatient clinic you get very used to doing evaluations and just saying like okay based on what we did today this is the plan you know go to the front desk and get scheduled and it's not very um like team oriented i guess you could say but when you are working with people one-on-one -on -one and in your own practice and everything there's a lot more room to make it a little bit more of a collaborative effort and like that feels a lot better, you know, to your patients. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. Sales chips with Jen Sowers. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so I, and I also, I really like the whole like one-off session thing. So like what I tell most people and what's worked really well for me is kind of having like that eval or that consult or whatever and selling into a package. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe it is because most of the people I see are like fairly injured. I've had multiple people who are like, well, my neck, shoulder, elbow, hip, knee, back, ankle all hurt. So we need to take care of that. And it's hard to do in one session. Um, but I, I like what you're saying kind of about having like this one time thing to take care of like one issue. It's almost more of like a tune up session. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So like how often are you doing those versus like packages and like what kinds of things are you seeing people for in like the like one off sessions? Oh, good question. Um, yeah. So I feel like I have like a fair mix of like those three. And that's why I have kept with them um, because I have changed this around a lot <laughs> since I started. This is not the first thing I landed on when I started my business. And I think that's really important for people to know too, because um, you're just going to try things, honestly. And um, you're going to figure out what sticks and like what you feel comfortable with selling. Like someone might be really successful at selling something completely different than you, a different kind of package setup, or maybe not no packages at all. Um, it's really, there's no one perfect um, like offering to, you know, put together for everyone. It just really depends on your confidence with like, I have done this a lot. I know this is going to work, you know, and that doesn't come right away. So I did not start um, with this kind of three um, option offering. And I, I like that I just have three. I think also I've seen a lot of people um, potentially just have too many combinations of things mm -hmm. and then too confusing to the person kind of like what to pick. It's like that overload when you have too many options. So um, another thing that I also did when I first started was I did sessions, I did packages, but I kind of had sort of an unlimited time frame that they could use the sessions in. Um, and I kind of said that they would like expire in a year. 
a year's time. But then I had like uh, quite a few people with just kind of like lingering sessions that I was like sort of keeping track of. Um, so mm -hmm. now I put a cap on when you have to use them. So um, the four pack, it's in a six week period of time. So we kind of schedule them all in in that six weeks. And then the eight pack is once a week for eight weeks. So then it is like, it begins and it ends. And then the person feels like they know what they're getting more and they feel um, like there's not as many questions floating in the air. So that's just personally worked better for me. Um, mm -hmm. I've known to do the other way around as well. So either way it could work. Um, but I, I would say like, I have a mix of like all three of those offerings, depending on like what you said, like some people I have that have like multiple body parts that, you know, well, this is going to take a while, you know, to like address all of these things. So, um, I have a mix for sure. And I would say the things that I treat the most would be, um, upper extremity type of injuries. I do have lower extremity injuries as well, but I think upper extremity is definitely the more prevalent with rock climbing. Um, I treat mm -hmm. a lot of finger injuries specifically, um, and elbow tendinopathy and shoulder thoracic and neck pain. Um, so those three things would probably be the most common. Um, and I also do some, um, strength testing for people. So I will give them like a kind of objective strength testing, um, of their finger strength, their pull strength, their whole body strength. Um, and that I do sort of on more of the performance end for people that aren't necessarily injured, as well as people that are working through an injury to kind of see right and left side differences and things like that. So sometimes I have people booking a one-off session that are just there for like a strength assessment as well. So. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Cause um, we should post some pictures on the Facebook group, but Jen has a whole rig for testing strength, which is really cool. So you guys can check it out on your Instagram too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's been really awesome. Um, it's been so much fun. Um, people are really into it. They get really competitive and it just makes it really fun. And I also work with, and we can talk a little bit about this too later, but um, I work with the youth rock climbing team at the gym. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm working kind of with the coaching staff. Um, and I did like a baseline strength test for all of the kids that are on the team um, before their season started. So that was a really fun thing. I just did like a few weeks ago. So yeah. That's really cool. yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Like what Jen has rigged up is like this little machine. It's kind of like you said, I think you told me almost like a dynamometer, but you can do like a bunch of different stuff with it and it measures your force output, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of like a, a force output measure or like a strain gauge. So it can measure your peak force. It can measure your rate of force development. So how fast you can produce the force. It can measure your force over time. So all those things are really important for, I mean, a lot of athletes, but climbers specifically, like how much force can you generate with your fingers and how long can you do that for? We'll kind of give you a, a good measure of your performance. So it is a good tool to start maybe with someone with a finger injury, but then kind of go on to say, you know, your other side, you know, is doing, you know, this force output. Let's make sure that we get you to that point with this side. So it's been a really great tool just to kind of get people um, like more engaged with their therapy too. Yeah. And like, you can, unlike, you know, regular standard manual muscle testing, you actually see objective results, yeah. um, which is really cool. And then you can see you and the patient can see the improvement over time without just kind of like 
pushing and like guessing, you know, essentially. Yeah. There would be no way to measure like a rock climber's finger strength with a manual muscle test. <laughs> that would not be possible. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a crucial tool. That's cool. Awesome. Um, and I know we've kind of already touched on this already with like the location of where you're working with people, but like one of the biggest questions and worries that I get from people is, yeah, I'd like to like start my own thing, but you know, where do I find patients? Like who's going to pay me? So where have you found clients? Um, and what are like your tips for that process? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, like being a part of a gym is definitely like a built in way to like get yourself noticed. Um, so finding clients that way. So I really think it depends on like, if the person, the person that's asking this question, um, are you primarily a online physical therapy business, which I do think is just, just really just harder to find clients, um, as opposed to, a um, like brick and mortar business where you're in front of people and you're at a location and not to say that it's impossible by any means, like it's definitely possible for sure um, to be an online physical therapy practice and find clients. I just think that it initially when you're starting out, um, you would definitely probably use two different like skill sets to find your clients or um, ways to find your clients. So for me personally, um, I, when I, first started out um, to the time that I was kind of started to work in the gym was probably two months or so. So it wasn't really long time in between two or three months where I didn't have anywhere to call home for my clinic. Um, so that's when I was doing mobile. I was doing mobile PT and I was doing telehealth when I first started. But um, in order to find those clients, um, I really relied heavily on like just social media. Um, so definitely having like a social media presence. And then um, I just relied on like friends and family kind of that I knew already. Um, mm -hmm. But I am also not from this area. And like I said, I moved here. So I don't have I don't have any family like directly in Henderson where I live or Las Vegas. So um, it's not like I am someone that has, you know, I, I think that that's easier when people also have, you know, like family close by. So if you're not like that, like me, um, and well, your aunt lives here, right? <laughs> but other than that, yeah. Um, like us, like we don't have any direct family here, so we don't have a lot of contacts. Um, so, you know, I was in that boat as well. I think just relying on like anyone that you know um, and kind of getting your word out that way. I was also like already really um, heavily like in my niche. So in the climbing community, um, if you don't have any like friends or family and you're new, just joining the community of people that you are interested in training is gonna be like the next best thing or, you know, a super important um, thing to do, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's like one of the best places I think that you can start. Um, you know, both if you, if you have like a base on a circle, um, you know, in place where you live or if not is 
like reaching out and networking with people who are, you know, like your peers, like other professionals who are doing things similar to you. So you can build a referral network and then also just becoming part of the community of potential clients, um, you know, and like doing it from a genuine place, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if I tried to go to the rock climbing gym, it would not You'd be welcome. <laughs> Um, you know, versus like, I'm just more comfortable, like in a CrossFit gym or like a regular gym, um, you know, and like, like vice versa, like for both of us, um, because people see that they see it, you know, like if you are participating in like what they're doing, um, you know, you automatically become a lot more familiar to them than like just some other provider who they've never met before. Um, so networking and building a community is a really good place to start. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it really just does take time too. like, um, like if you are, you know, you can, you can join a new community, you know, and you don't have to have been a part of it before. Um, But just make sure that you um, like, like you just said, you're coming from a genuine place. um, You just want to be there, you know, it'll be obvious. And then just be there consistently and um, just be patient, you know, and then just show up and, just be there, be a part of it. And over time you'll, you'll be integrated with it. So just takes patience too. Um, I think a lot of people want like instant gratification of like, okay, I joined this niche or I joined this community. Like now what? (laughs) Be patient. Yeah, absolutely. So if, um, you know, you were talking to another therapist or clinician who was thinking about starting their own thing, but they were like really on the fence Jen, should I start my own practice? What would you say? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I don't know. There's really not a huge barrier to entry um, to start a practice. Um, you know, there's just a little bit of like legality stuff and forming an LLC or otherwise, depending on the state, but just those things. And then like I did, I just started um, mobile and telehealth and I didn't have like a brick and mortar space. And like, we've just already talked about, just join the community that you want to be in, tell them kind of what you're doing in a way that doesn't feel like you are just telling them to sell it, you know, just, you know, be genuine. And um, there's not a huge um, like risk, like there is in other types of, like, I think we're actually really lucky as physical therapists, um, you know, if you want to go start a restaurant or something, there's a huge upfront cost to that. Um, and mm-hmm. with physical therapy, especially if you start it in these ways that you can, um, you can, you know, you can kind of start slowly, get your foot in the door without going straight to the brick and mortar style. Um, there's really not a huge upfront cost that feels very risky. So I would say go for it. Yay. Yeah, that's a theme between me and Jen is mm-hmm. just, just see what happens. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Um, so I think we covered most everything. Do you have any other pieces of advice or suggestions for people who are just getting started? I would say um, just be consistent. You know, whatever you do, just make sure that you are 
like showing up consistently, even like what we talked about, like even if you're going to join your community or join like a workout class or a gym, show up consistently, like try to show up even on the same days and the same times. And then if you're going to make a social media presence, also be consistent with that. I think it's just the consistency over time um, that helps more than any like grand event that you're going to do. So just those little consistencies, trying to get like a little bit better each day. And, um, over time you'd be surprised how much you change, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Great advice, Jen. Thank you so much. Um, so last piece is self-promo time. So Please share with us the projects and things that you're working on right now and how we can best support you. Oh, um, well, I just finished a big project that I was working on. Um, I did a CEU course, um, and this was specifically for physical therapists um, because I've had like quite a few people that are PTs already. Maybe they're working for someone else or they're maybe thinking about starting a practice and they're in sort of like the outdoor space, um, rock climbing, hiking, those kinds of things. And they, they are kind of interested in the same sort of niche. Um, I made a CEU approved course. Um, it's called the clinical management of the rock climbing athlete. So it was really fun. Um, it's on physicaltherapy.com. If you just search for it, like if you just put in rock climbing, you'll find it because it's the only course that has to do with rock climbing on there. So super fun. And, um, it's like approved in most States. I don't think all of them, but most of them. So, um, it was a fun way to, um, help people get CEUs and like learn about, um, specifically like more of the specific clinical aspects of like treating a climber's finger and things like that. So I just finished that. Um, so be sure to check that out if you are interested. And then, um, I also have a link to it on my website because I also had people that were either not PTs that were interested or they were physical therapists, but they didn't want to get like a yearly subscription because you have to buy a yearly subscription to the site in order to take it. So I put it also on my website. Um, I hosted it there as well. That way people didn't have to pay the like full year price for just one course. So that way um, you can access it there too. So that's just onsitemovement.com slash courses. Um, but you'll find it there if you just go to the main site and then, um, yeah, that was the main project I was just working on. And right now I'm just, um, like trying to just continue bu building my caseload up at the gym, um, and continue my work with the like coaching staff and youth teams and things like that. So, um, yeah. And awesome. if you, I don't know if you want like to, if where they can like find my, um, you can find more of my work. Um, you can go to, um, Instagram it's at onsite movement. There's a dot in between both of those words. Um, and like I said, my, my website is just onsitemovement.com. Awesome. Cool. I think that your links are in the description, but if not, we'll pop those in there. Um, but awesome. So if you guys listening are interested in, um, you know, rock climbing, like working with more rock climbers. I think uh, Jen is like the expert at upper extremity, especially like hand stuff for PTs. Like you're the only person I know who ever talks about hand injuries. 
um, at least as far as PTs go. So like, if you guys are curious about that, this girl is your person. So I would definitely reach out to her. Um, she's doing a ton of cool stuff. So if any of this sparked your interest, um, please reach out to Jen. Um, you know, and if you are interested in starting your own thing and you're not really sure how to go about doing that, uh, definitely let me know too. But awesome. That wraps things up. So thanks for being here, Jen. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was fun. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right. Have a good rest of your day, you guys. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am honored to be a part of this community and it is my hope that by spreading the stories of clinicians just like you who wanted something more and went after it, it will inspire you to create the life and career that you dream of and that you worked so hard for. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganmeese.com. I would love to speak with you. And you can also find me on Instagram at drmorganmeese. So who do you want to hear from next? Or would you like to be featured on this series? Please email me at morgan at I'll talk to you guys soon.